Hello and welcome back to Mining Stock Daily with me, Paul Harris. Today we're talking about copper exploration in Latin America and I have great pleasure to be joined by John Black, CEO of Aldebaran Resources. Good afternoon, John. Hey, Paul. Thanks for, thanks for the call here. No, uh, more than welcome, John. Lots to catch up on. Um, you put out a very interesting press release this morning announcing a new financing and uh, South32 is increasing its stake in the company. Um, tell us about the financing. Yeah, well, great. Um, as, as you're well aware, we're, we're on to a really exciting project with Altar. Um, we're drilling out a, a major, major porphyry system. We already have a large resource in hand. And with the results we had last year, we're demonstrating it's, it has room to grow considerably. Um, but of course, we need to uh, raise funds each year to be able to move forward on that. And the type of work that we do, where we identify these projects that have potential to be very large copper or copper gold deposits, and then drill those out and then ideally sell that to a major mining company requires a fair amount of funding each year. And in our space, it's been a little bit challenging, frankly, over the, over the last couple of years. And typically, um, in our case, what we've done is we've, we've reached out to, to majors to make strategic investments. Uh, in this case, uh, South32 was already a strategic investor in the company and they approached us about slightly increasing their position. And we, we arranged to allow them to do that in a way that still creates room for other interested parties on the project. That's always important for us, but it demonstrates their support for their project, their interest in the project, and um, enabled in order to do that, they paid a premium to the market to be able to come in. So we were trading in the 80s and they, they came in at a dollar one, which was a nice premium, a nice endorsement on the project. And that triggered a, a series of pro rata rights from some of our other shareholders. So it, we'll see it's a, a two-stage financing with South 32 coming in at overmarket and uh, primarily Route 1 and, and ourselves as management uh, coming in at market. Um, and then we'll, we'll await to see what our other major strategic partner, uh, Sabanya Stillwater, does. They, they have the option to maintain their interest as well. Thank you, John. Now, the, the overall financing was 17.5 million Canadian. Um, at, the, at the premium, about a 7% premium, um, South32 is acquiring 8.5 million shares. So what's that? Let's say $8.5 million. They're buying 1.5 million shares at 88 cents. So some very, very base, rough back of the envelope math. That's at what, about $10 million, $11 million they're coming in for? Yes. Yeah, and approximately that, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, this brings them up to a 14.8% ownership. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Okay, so that also now gives them... As they've got more than 12.5%, that gives them um, anti-dilution rights and the ability to nominate a director to your board. Yeah, essentially they maintain the same rights they had with their initial overmarket placement into us, uh, with the only difference is because they've increased, they've gone through that 12.5%. So they do have the right to uh, nominate a board member. It doesn't necessarily mean they'll exercise that right immediately. We'll We'll wait and see how they how they decide to go forward. But at any any time they choose to, they could elect to put a, a board member, uh, a member on our board, which which would be more than welcome. We our sister company Regulus has a similar situation with Rio Tinto, where where we have a, a Rio Tinto nominee on our board, and it actually contributes to the strength of our company considerably. Okay, um, presumably they could bring a wealth of experience to looking at the data. You know target definition where to go next how to how to evolve the project it, it offends, it's in some ways it's kind of like professionalizing your board um is a is a small exploration junior you often see kind of a light agile board that's uh 
quite frankly, people that are cl close to the company. And as we mature, we begin to bring on more independent directors. And I, I think that's healthy for any board to have better representation that way. And then okay, of course, thank you. If, if, if a strategic shareholder like that, who we have to keep in mind as a potential suitor to acquire the, the company as well, if they're in a situation of conflict of interest, they recuse themselves from the discussions. And it's it's a, a fairly standard process that we can manage easily. But over, overall, we think it's, it's much healthier for the company. Okay, thank you, John. When we spoke a few weeks ago, um, you're talking about the fact that uh, come October, I think it was, you'll be starting your next drill, drilling program at Alta once the winter is out of the way. You're talking about a 20,000 millimetre drilling program. Is, is that still the plan or, or now that you've got some more funds, are you going to be a little bit more ambitious? Yeah, what I can say about it right now is uh, in September, we'll, we'll begin to enter into the project area. We'll see how deep the snow is. Um, we'll do that in collaboration with neighbouring companies. We've got Glencore just to the south of us. We share the, the main road in with them. Uh, we also have McCune Mining's uh, a project just to the north of us at Los Azules. So we'll work in coordination to open the roads up and get in as quickly as, as we can. And we anticipate we'll be drilling in October. As part of this process, we um, the, the drilling we did last year confirmed um, that the large geophysical, large resistivity anomaly that the deep 3DIP survey produced is very coincident with mineralization. And we partially drilled that out enough to tell it's pretty exciting and, and is very large. Uh, we have a very extensive program to go now to, to get the full dimensions on that. We don't have a, a meterage amount set on that, but this financing puts us in a position to do at, at least that 20,000 meter program moving forward. We'll, we'll see how, how that shapes up as we go. The process now is between now and the end of August, we'll, uh, we'll form our drill plans we run those by our strategic partners for uh, commentary. It's our decision on how we move forward, but they have the rights to make suggestions and, and throw good ideas into the mix. And then in approximately September, as we enter into the camp, we'll be in a position to announce the, the final numbers and the number of rigs. But we, we have four rigs secured, or the four rigs we had at the end of last year, and we have line of sight to put on additional rigs as well. So we anticipate a, a much more aggressive program this coming year. That will ideally lead us to, to, with one more full field season between, say, October and June of, of this coming, coming season, we, we should be in a position to, to reveal the full size of the project. And that would put us in a very good position to have a PEA by approximately end of 2024. So very significant milestones coming up uh, in the next year and with the funding we now have in hand. Excellent. That's great news, John. Let's uh, broaden out the conversation a little bit, if I may, to talk about San Juan and, and Argentina. The the level of interest uh, just keeps on growing and growing, doesn't it? Uh, just looking at some sort of recent news releases, uh, um, you mentioned McEwen Copper and Los Azules. They put more drilling results out this morning. Um, in June, Filo Mining raised $130 million. Also in the Vicuña district, but just over the border, NGX just uh, recently announced a 40 million raise, which was immediately upsized to 85 million. Uh, Glencore um, buying out uh, sorry, Pan American Silver's participation in the Mara project. Um, it's all happening for copper in Argentina. It's quite quite the fun place right now. It's 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 probably to me it's the most active area for for copper exploration in the world, and Argentina has. Um, is in a very good position to develop a very significant copper mining industry. They're already starting on the lithium right now. A number of the lithium projects are into production. It's it's much 
less costly in a capex sense and much quicker to put the lithium projects online. And that's whetting the appetite of the provincial governments and the, and the federal government to see the tax revenues and the high paying jobs that come in with that. And so that's, it's just only encouraging more of that. It's really interesting to see the news yesterday that Glencore came in to, to purchase the, the remaining portion of, of Mara, the Agua, the Agua Rica deposit that they don't have. Keep in mind, that's done a few weeks in front of presidential elections. That's that's wouldn't be a move that somebody would make if they're not very confident about the direction of the country. Well, I was going to sort of add on to that, John, that, um, you know, having great exploration results, etc., is one thing, but uh, going from there to building a mine is quite another. And most of these projects, we're looking at several billion dollars for, you know, initial capex. So the question always comes back to, you know, great exploration potential, great development potential, but it's the, the fiscal regime is going to be the, the real key to unlocking copper production in Argentina. Absolutely, and that's a strong message that the, the, the federal government's hearing from us, and, and, the, and now the federal government essentially being all three potential parties that, that could become um, represent the presidency in, in the next few months. We'll have the effectively the primaries this month, and then we'll see the presidential election in October. And, and the two major parties, plus the independent party that, that are, are the significant candidates now, have all reached out to the copper mining industry um, at the suggestion of the Secretary of Mines. At the national level, we've, we've formed a copper roundtable with representatives from all of us that are, that are working on significant pro- copper projects. And the federal government is soliciting input from us on what do we need to be in a position to establish a major mining industry. And of course, right at the top of the list is that fiscal stability, uh, the ability to make an investment with confidence that you can uh, reap the benefits from that going forward. And and by doing so, you're producing a lot of benefits for all stakeholders. And, and that I think that light bulb has really gone on in Argentina, and I think they're seeing that potential. And it's not just in the copper industry. As I mentioned, it's in the lithium industry. And we're seeing significant advancements in the in the gas industry in, in the southern part of the country, the Vaca Muerta field. Uh, there are major developments going on there right now. So I, I think I think Argentina's realized that they they've they've kind of made a situation where there wasn't attractive for foreign investment into the resource sector. But the, the deposits have always been there. We have the same geology as, as Chile does across the border. Uh, they, what needs to be changed is the fiscal regime to encourage us to be able to make the large investments. And, and that's, that's beginning to happen, and I think we're just right on the leading edge of it right now. It's about to, about to take off. And what's your sense of how that will play out? Do you and does the sector, mining sector anticipate that the government will make, let's say, across-the-board changes that are applicable to everyone, or will it focus more on looking to negotiate separate fiscal stability, tax stability agreements with each individual company, with each individual project? I'm not really in a position to say on that other than than just my opinion. Of course, we would really prefer to see overarching um, agreements that apply to everyone. It's much better always than individual negotiations. But those first negotiations probably are the are the precedent that's established and will be the, the, the marker that we'll, we'll all look to. And, and we've got some very good groups that are in, ahead of us on this right now. As you mentioned, Glencore just consolidated the Mara project. That's, that's one that has potential to be developed rather quickly. That's immediately adjacent to the Baja de Lombrera project, which has been mined out now. 
but the mill is there and a lot of the infrastructure. So that's that's a, almost a brownfield setting and could probably be developed quite quickly. And now that it's all consolidated in Glencore's hands, I anticipate they'll, they'll move quickly. They, of course, have the Pachon project very close to us. We have the first quantum guys up at Takataka. That project's quite ready to go. Um, and then we have the Lundin Group overall working with some of their, their strategic partners at Jose Maria and, and Philo. So we see projects that are, that are going forward. And all of those groups that I mentioned are, are good, seasoned international uh, mining companies. They're, they're groups that know how to operate in a wide variety of different countries at different risk levels. And I'm quite confident that they will establish good agreements for all of us in the industry. I think one, as investors, one of the things to watch for is when when we see announcement that major companies are not only willing to put down quite a bit of cash to buy a portion of a project or buy a project, but when they're willing to put down the capex to make the development decisions to go forward, I, I think people should pay attention. That's likely to, to set off a cascade of, of opportunities coming up. And uh, in line with that comment, John, uh, I think it's worth highlighting that Glencore is paying something like $450 million to buy that uh, additional participation in the Mara project. Okay, let's finish talking about Aldebaran with, you know, what are your sort of key milestones that you anticipate over the next six months? What you're likely to see over the next six months is we'll, uh, we'll close this financing out. Um, um, very soon we'll be in a position to formally announce that we've earned into a 60% interest in the project. We've met the obligations to do so. And it's a process to document those and to have the share transfer occur. We're very close to having that done. I anticipate uh, as early as next week we'll be in a position to make that announcement. It's well telegraphed. Everybody knows where we're at on it, but it'll be nice to make the formal announcement, at which point we become an, an owner of 60% of the project, which is a great milestone for us. Um, keep in mind that it's another $25 million investment to go to 80%. And we're already well on our way to that. We've continued to expend, we have expenditures that are attributing to that already. And with the funds we raise, we'll be very close to be have all the financing we need to not only complete the, the next resource update and associated PEA, but also to go to that 80% interest. So by the end of 2024, I think you'll see us in a position to have an 80% ownership of the project, which was what our agreement allows with the remaining 20% staying with the original owner, Savanya Stillwater, at which point we have a, a joint venture where, where we co-fund to move forward. You'll see a, a large or a significant update to the resource and you'll, you'll also see a PEA, which is the first time we'll be able to really wrap our heads around the economics of this project. So the end of 2024, I anticipate we'll be in, in quite a bit better position. Some other things that will happen this, we have additional drill holes that uh, once the financing closed and, and the ownership is, is announced, we'll be in a position to put out all the remaining holes from, from last campaign, probably in, in one large batch. And then um, by then we'll be in a position to start talking about details and what the new drill program is and how many rigs we're putting on the ground. So it's a it's a fun project, a lot of activity, a lot of work coming, very good news flow, and in in a great place with great partners. So I I couldn't be more more happy to have our hands on a project like this and and what I think will be a, a very good uh, upcoming few years for copper. Yeah, exciting times indeed. Congratulations on the financing there, John. Aldebaran Resources trades on the TSXV under ALDE and on the OTCQX under ADB. Is that PF or RF? I can't read my writing. I apologise. Um, John Black, CEO, thank you very much for joining us today.
Great. Thanks, Paul. Look forward to, to catching up soon again. And stay tuned to Mining Stock Daily for more CEO interviews.